0: welcome back to gms for hire everybody my name is will Paulson. alongside with me today are matthew perry and jamil king and we're here to bring you a week one recap of the nfl season and what a week one it was. There was a lot of games, uh, as if y'all saw our Pick'em video in which we made our week one prediction, a lot of unanimity, And a lot of the times when we were unanimous, we were very wrong. So uh, we're going to go over all those games one by one. We'll kind of touch on some uh, some individual performances and some uh, some of our thoughts on the game. We'll go over those. As we go, starting off with the kickoff game, the Houston Texans were in Kansas City and uh, Kansas City was able to pull out the dub as uh, they actually looked to have a pretty balanced offense for uh, the first time in a while as they had 166 rushing yards and 203 passing yards. And to me, I mean, Jamil, I'll get your opinion on it. I mean, obviously, Kansas City is known to be that pass first offense, very known to be explosive. And I thought it was great to see Kansas City have a running game. But I think that just makes the AFC... uh, uh, a little bit more dangerous whenever Kansas City can find a way to run the ball, too.
1: Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. Obviously, the addition of Clyde edwards Lair gives this offense a whole new level. You know, they add another engine to our to an offense that already had several engines, a lot of horsepower, and um, yeah, it doesn't look good for all of the other AFC teams. This team can run for 100-something yards a game. You can get them involved in the passing game. Your at running back can still play good, and he's still have Pat Mahomes and Travis Castatari Hill. so um, a lot of trouble for the rest of the AFC, I would say.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Kansas City able to get the win on Thursday night football 34 to 20 over the Houston Texans moving on to my Chicago Bears coach Dick in the back Uh, man what a game Uh, if you if you were watching this game I and you're a Bears fan I think you went to sleep around the end of the second quarter Uh, you were going into halftime with a lot of blood pressure issues and a lot of pissed off feelings about the upcoming season. But, man, by the end of it, were you happy. Uh, Mitch Trubisky manages to throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And uh, the big storyline of that game, DeAndre Swift decides to uh, get sponsored by the candy of Butterfingers and drop the wide-open touchdown right at the end of the game, second before last play, had an easy touchdown, goes right out of his hands. And uh, the Bears are able to scoot out a victory out in Detroit. But I want to say the final score was 27-23. Uh, just barely holding on. I mean, as a Bears fan, it was nice to see Mitch Trubisky uh, after a horrible first half come out and look very competent. He looked a lot different. It was basically a tale of two halves for uh, that Bears team, and I think uh, Mitch Trubisky looked very promising, and hopefully he'll keep it moving in week two, and we'll go over that in the next video. Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks uh, at Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Uh, and Seattle was able to pull out a victory 38-25, Russell Wilson going 31 for 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns, uh, which was good enough to win the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, Matt, we'll go it over to you. That, that Seahawks team was looking really explosive. And yes, Matt Ryan was able to put up quite the passing yards as well. I want to say he threw for 450, but Russell Wilson looked absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, obviously enough to win the Player of the Week.
2: Oh, yeah, and he didn't just win player of the week. He won it for my fantasy team, too. I'm pretty glad uh, I took him with my quarterback pick because it it paid dividends. Uh, Let me get some stats here. 31 for 35 passing. That's a very good uh, pass completion percentage. He threw for 322 yards, not as much as um, Matt Ryan's 450, as you mentioned, but he did it when it counted. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. He definitely carried the offense for Seattle. Uh, rushing, he actually led his own team in rushing yards and passing yards. The game uh, that game, uh, which I think is pretty impressive. You could definitely tell they're gonna have a pass-heavy offense this year, and uh, it's hard not to when you have a potential MVP candidate at QB. Uh, things looked really good. DK Metcalf had 95 yards on four receptions, one touchdown. Um, him and Tyler Lockett kind of carried the receiving core. Um, looking for a little bit more uh, action from them next week. Um, who they take on next week they take on the Patriots
0: uh, Patriots yeah,
2: Patriots, yeah. Uh, I mean they, they should be able to have a pretty good game against that Patriots secondary we'll talk about that in the preview video but uh, overall pretty good uh, I'm most disappointed I would say in Todd Gurley for the uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, he had one touchdown but only 56 yards on 14 attempts um, kind of disappointing since I was their big signing this season. but we'll look for more next week from them
0: Subpar for Todd Gurley, but definitely not the worst rushing attempt. We'll get to that later on in this video. Uh, Going into uh, Buffalo, as the New York Jets went into Buffalo to take on the Bills, uh, Josh Allen was able to accumulate over 312 yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for 57 yards and a touchdown as well. And the final score of that game ended up 27-17. Jamil, it was one of those games we were all unanimous, and I think we, uh, we got shown why.
1: Oh yeah, on um, the Bills, their defense absolutely dominated the Jets team with no receivers. Sam Donner, for much of the game, he didn't already without a lot of receivers, you know, he relied a lot on Chris Hurd in his tight end. I think he had nine targets. Le'Veon Bell went off an injury The offense doesn't help the Jets. But for the Bills, obviously, you know, he rolled in a big win, but um, Josh Allen, he had a lot of yards, but he, he missed a couple of easy throws that I saw that I didn't like. You know, he had a it was like a second and five from like the five-yard line. John Brown's wide open in the back of the end zone. He threw the ball like into the first row of the stands. So um, it's little stuff like that you're going to want to clean up for Josh Allen. Um, the Bills, they're expected to win the end, that division this year. So um, he's got to tighten up in um, that area. Uh, kicking, they have a rookie kicker. He missed one or two kicks. Um, just little things you got to clean up for the Bills, to, um, set, to get the season on, on track. It was great. Uh, just a couple little things you want to address.
0: Overthrowing the wide receiver was a a common habit for Josh Allen and it seems to at least be going on early on. Hopefully, we'll find that chemistry as the season goes on. Moving on into Minnesota as the Green Bay Packers came in and in a very explosive offensive game, the Packers were able to hold on and defeat the Vikings 43 to 34. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked like old Aaron Rodgers. He looked phenomenal. 364 yards with four touchdowns, two of which going to Devontae Adams, one of which going to Marquez Valdez-Gantling. Go Bulls. And uh, wow. Uh, we all went with the Vikings there. I think everybody uh, kind of expected Aaron Rodgers to play similar to how he did last year with his numbers being significantly down than normal. Um, and I don't know if anybody was ready to to see him come out and ball out like that. Uh, He looked absolutely phenomenal. And I think, uh, I think it's kind of lit a fire under the Aaron Rodgers to kind of get, go up for the Packers to go out and go get Jordan love. Uh, He's proved that he is perfectly fine with those wide receivers. So uh, green Bay able to take the win out there. Uh, Moving on to new England as the Miami dolphins went over and uh, took on cam Newton. Uh, of the New England Patriots who at the end of the day ended with 75 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Uh, Matt, (laughs) the the big rushing attack from Cam Newton is kind of what helped him win that MVP a couple years ago. And I think he looked, he looked just, fine coming out there I, th- I had a lot of questions me personally as i took the the only person to take the dolphins i had a lot of questions about him being able to come in and step into that patriots offense right away and i think at least from a rushing standpoint his offense his passing numbers weren't all there but his rushing his rushing attack was right back in midseason form
2: oh yeah and i'm i'm kind of uh scared for the patriots opponents because I don't know if we've ever seen a New England team have a rushing based attack. You know, you had Tom Brady for what, near 20 years, 20 plus years uh, with a definitely a pass heavy game. And before that you drew Bledsoe, who wasn't necessarily fleet of foot. And you got this kind of new change of pace with Cam Newton, no passing touchdowns, but he did have two rushing touchdowns. Sony Michelle with the third. And then that was all they needed to win. 21-11 was the final score. I think, in a way, the Dolphins kind of beat themselves more. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick definitely passed his prime, but the veteran still starting for an NFL team. Uh, No touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, I think that was kind of the game changer there, Um, definitely what kept Miami from winning. But, yeah, Cam Newton looks really good. He looked real healthy, running really well. Um, Led the team in rushing, of course. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Patriots can do. Because they could give the Bills a run for their money uh, with that AFC East uh, title.
0: My prediction that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the comfortable quarterback in this game obviously proved to be very wrong. Uh, moving on to the upset of the week. The Eagles went into the Washington football team. You've got it, the Washington football team because they have no real name. And uh, the Eagles were looking great of 17 nothing at half. And, man – <laughs> that that football team i don't know what happened to them but it looks like they exchanged a couple players there at halftime and they ended up scoring 27 unanswered points taking the win 27 to 17 the washington defense had eight sacks and three turnovers ryan kerrigan having two of those sacks and a fumble recovery winning him nfc defensive player of the week jamil uh i I don't think any of us really have words to why this happened uh obviously we all took philly we were all pretty uh pretty content on taking the philadelphia eagles i think this is definitely the game that caught everybody by surprise
1: oh yeah definitely this is up there at the upset of the week along with the jaguars again over the colts but um for for this game in particular you mentioned the the football team at eight sacks and um honestly we we Obviously, no one's going to expect eight sacks, but I feel like we should have seen a little bit of this coming. You know, the Washington football team is known for anything. It's going to be their pass rush with Kerrigan and Young and Allen on that D-line. You know, they're going to get a lot of pressure. And the Eagles are from having a top five line to, honestly, maybe a bottom five line in this offseason with all the injuries that's the offensive line. And um, it showed up this week. Um, Wentz had to get first half a terrible second half. They were rotating a lot of their receivers. So um, next week, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, if this Eagles online can protect Carson Wentz and – if they can get Miles Saunders back, because they're, um, they're going to need to run the football. They could not run the football last week with Boston Scott and Corey Clement. So we'll see if they can fix that going in the next week.
0: I know you mentioned that. Uh, go ahead, actually. Oh, no, I, I
2: just have a little tidbit. Uh, the Eagles allowed eight sacks, which is the most they've allowed since 2007. So they're going to be in for a long season unless they tighten up that offensive line.
0: That Washington D line is definitely very I think they're like almost criminally underrated.
1: Yeah, they're very, very good. At, um I know they're trying to get Lane Johnson back next week, but that's gonna be much needed because the Eagles, they're gonna need to protect Wentz that they want to go anywhere this season.
0: One hundred percent. True there. The Speaking of the other upset of the week that you had mentioned, the Jaguars out in Duval County were able to upset the Colts 27-20 as Garner Minshew went 19-20 for 20 with 173 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, the Colts lost Marlon Mack early, and I think it kind of dampened everything uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I remember specifically uh, my stepmom being a Colts fan that she said that, Uh, In a three-point lead, she said that I knew we were going to win this game, and then Rodrigo Blankenship decided to plunk a field goal off the post as soon as she said that, literally within seconds. And then next thing you know, the Jaguars have the dub out there in Duval. And so, uh, speaking of, uh, you you got to talk about Russell Wilson, Matt. Talk about Gardner Minshew looking almost perfect, 19
2: for 20. Yeah, that was was one of the stats uh, from week one that I was most impressed with. 19 for 20 is an easy task. I know – that's not a lot of uh, pass attempts for a quarterback typically, but, you know, I'll take that pass percentage any day, especially with no turnovers. Um, really proud of the job that Gardner Minshew did week one. Uh, I think he does have a lot to prove this season because uh, there were still a bunch of question marks about him last year. Uh, and week one, he showed what he can do. This I, I would call this an upset for the most part, but I do like how they spread out the ball. They had, uh, looks like, four different receivers with several uh, completions. Uh, rushing, they had uh, James Robinson had 62 yards, which uh, led the team. Uh, just going off statistics here, the Jaguars do have some work to do, um, and I do think that the injury to Marlon Mack kind of threw the uh, Colts off course early in the game, and and Philip Rivers is still adjusting. But I do think the Jaguars could uh, raise some eyebrows this season, and if Gardner Minshew keeps it up, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt if they can maybe pull out an eight and eight season. Something Rivers did
1: things. He flipped the ball over two times in the second half. Well, can I, mean, I said Rivers did Rivers things. He flipped the ball two times in the second half. Two picks. Well,
2: like I you said, like I said, he's still adjusting.
1: But can't do that if you want to win games. That's what happened to him in San Diego. He kept throwing late picks, and I want to say
0: he had to. like a career high in interceptions last year. I don't yeah, know. If sure he's bad. Bad. Last I'm, year, bad. last year was atrocious. But uh, he maybe this is maybe last year wasn't a fluke. Maybe it's a t- sign of a tipping but as mentioned he is in a new system he is with new wide receivers so maybe he could be getting adjusted i mean he's been throwing to keenan allen since keenan allen came in the league so um a, a new change for philip rivers and as mentioned the loss of marlon mack definitely kind of dampers that run game but hey that's a that's a fantasy sleeper out there in naeem hines he had a great game at the end there uh if he's available in your fantasy football leagues i'd look to take him along with the undrafted illinois state product of uh Ander- anderson the running back out there for jack jacksonville so If he's available, definitely look to take him as well. It looks like he's going to be the lead back going forward. Uh, Moving on to the Vegas Raiders uh, taking on the Carolina Panthers out in Carolina, uh, Our beloved R.J. was the only person to go against his team in this game, and he happened to be right. 34-30 was the final score. The Raiders were able to pull it out. Uh, At the end of the day, both running backs are absolutely outstanding. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey both accumulated for over 100 total uh, all-purpose yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs was able to find the end zone three times. Christian McCaffrey able to find it twice. Uh, I think this game kind of came down to a late decision in the fourth quarter. In which the Carolina Panthers had a fourth and one or fourth and inches, and Matt Rule decides to try to stuff it up the middle with his fullback instead of Christian McCaffrey. Uh,
1: as you can tell from the reactions, that's a horrible decision. That's yes, arguably the best running back in the game, and you give it to your fullback. Um, oh, give it to CMC in space. Let him get one yard. I don't. I think he could have got one yard, and, and it'll costing you when you don't use your best player. But welcome Bonehead. to the NFL. Boneheaded yeah. Bonehead, coaching decision.
0: I'll never understand why on fourth and inches or fourth and one you go up the middle. Like everybody expects it. Just pull a guard and go into the outside. It's Christian McCaffrey. You're going to be all right. Like he's going to get your yard. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, that's kind of what it comes down to is that was basically their last real possession as they had a possession at the end of the game, but it was only two plays. They didn't really stand a chance uh, with very little time left. So uh, at the end of the day, Matt Rule starts off 0-1, and the Carolina Panthers, uh, RJ's tank for Trevor Lawrence is off in full effect. Uh, moving on to Baltimore, as the Ravens put an absolute beatdown on the Cleveland Browns. I want to say the final of that game was 38-6. to Yeah, Absolutely. I looked
1: stupid. I said that game was going to be close.
0: <laughs> well, it, we were wrong. Eh, but, hey, we were all right in the fact that we went with Baltimore, and I think that was the obvious choice as uh, – The reigning MVP puts up 320 all-purpose yards between passing and rushing, and he also finds the end zone three times. He won AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, Jamil, you mentioned that. What made you think this game was going to be close?
1: Um, You know, I really didn't think the Browns were going to come out and get beat down the way they did. But um, Baker Mayfield didn't really play good. The offense didn't play good. You know, it's kind of alarming when you only put up six points But I'm not going to be too quick to judge this team Um, It's week one in a season where your offseason was kind of cut short You didn't have the same practice time You didn't have preseason games So I'm not going to say the Browns are over Baker Mayfield stinks y- 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 Yada yada um, I'm going to give it a couple weeks See how they do You know, they have a whole new system And um, I want to see what happens How Baker responds to this I'm not going to say he's a bust yet But um, he's definitely going to have um, He definitely needs this to um, pick up his game and prove himself
0: I think that's fair to say. I mean, the Ravens defense looked absolutely phenomenal. They looked next level. Um, they they looked even better than last year. And uh, obviously, with a couple additions, I think they are a little bit better than last year, which does, again, add to that AFC. I think it makes it even more scary. Uh, we'll see how they play moving forward. And we'll see how the Browns can retaliate here on Thursday night football against the Bengals. Uh, moving on to the NFL's Game of the Week, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady making his debut against the New Orleans Saints. The lone person to get that right was me as the Bucks were able to pull out. Uh, well, actually, the Bucs weren't able to pull anything out. They managed to lose 23 to 34 uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Matt, we'll turn it over to you. Uh, Tom Brady had two interceptions, and my big point in that game that I didn't like was Tom Brady being uh, in a new system as well as the fact that Mike Evans was up against Marshawn Lattimore and that's never gone well in his career and he only managed to have one catch for a two-yard touchdown and in that pl- on that play he was lined up in the slot against Demario Davis the middle linebacker for the Saints so the one catch he has isn't even against Lattimore uh, is is what, what was your opinion on this game what, what were your thoughts?
2: I mean from the start I shouldn't have been a homer um, I think that was my first mistake but uh, Tampa Bay made quite a few mistakes offensively. I know they're just they're adjusting so many so many new players here: Brady, Gronkowski, uh, Fournette, McCoy. Uh, I think the biggest problem I saw on offense. I know it's tough going against Marshawn Lattimore, but you gotta look to Mike Evans more. Uh, from what I'm seeing, he's only targeted four times. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was good coverage on Evans. Uh, from what I saw most of the game, there was, but um, only uh, he had the one touchdown and only. Uh, where is it? Sorry, one reception in a, an entire game. Uh, bad for my fantasy team because I had him. Bad for the Bucks because he's their best wide receiver. Um, Godwin had a good game. He's their number two. Six uh, six receptions for seventy nine yards, seven targets. I think that's a solid game. Uh, he's now in concussion protocol though after a helmet to helmet hit. So how that plays moving forward will be interesting. I think Brady's going to kind of have to be forced to move to Mike Evans but the fact that he targeted Scotty Miller who is up and coming I do think he has some kind of potential to be a quality third fourth wide receiver he's not on Mike Evans's level by any means so hopefully Brady can adjust the pick six definitely hurt the momentum the Buccaneers had they jumped out to the 7-0 lead and everything just kind of went downhill from there um, the defense looked good at least on the uh, rushing side they had the number one rushing defense last year and one of the worst passing defenses last year and that's kind of how things went uh, for the Bucks defensively um, moving forward I hope to see an improvement in the secondary uh, Sean Murphy bunting made some nice plays I do really like him moving forward I think uh, Winfield didn't have a terrible debut but he can be a little better uh, and yeah just overall not good enough uh, where the Bucs needed to be
1: I thought the secondary played excellent in that game. You know, Drew Brees only threw for 140 yards. Um, the offense really killed the defense a lot in this game. The Saints started off in Bucks territory, I think three or four times on on the day, and you can't win games like that. And don't even get me started on that kickoff blunder. Oh
2: yeah, that
1: that was that was atrocious. I don't know why a safety is running back in front of a kick returner to try to catch the ball but that was terrible. But that wasn't even the first time Mike Evans, you know, against the saints, those numbers are normal to me at this point against the saints. I don't expect them to do much. So that I think next week will be a much better showing for the offense.
0: Hey, and yeah. a reason Scotty Miller did great because he's Tom Brady's favorite kind of wide receiver short and white. All right, moving on. Oh, all right. Uh, moving on to the game that uh, I thought was very disappointing. And it was the chargers at Cincinnati and, boy, did I want Joe Burrow to get his first win. I took the Bengals over the Chargers. Uh, I think RJ did as well. I was very disappointed in this game because, uh, yeah, there were there was a couple mistakes, two very stagnant offenses. Both offenses looked very subpar. Um, But at the end of the game, whenever the Bengals needed it most, Joe Burrow did what he needed to do. Joe Burrow managed to drive all the way down to the end of the field. Uh, I want to say with like 12 or 15 seconds left. They were within the 10 yard line, Uh, a nice little quick out route to AJ green over into the corner where he toe drags, but he gets called for an offensive pass interference. You got to push that back. Then they can't manage to convert. They can't manage to get their way into the end zone. But Joe Burrow, of course, as mentioned, gets them close enough to where they're in field goal range. Uh, Bullet comes in for a 31 yard field goal and Shankopotamus uh, managed to uh, pull a hamstring according to the announcer um, and he was gripping at his right leg. And I want to say in post-game interviews, he was saying it was his left leg. So did he lie? Did he, uh, did he actually hurt himself? Maybe we'll never know. Um, Well, I guess we'll know if he's in the game next week, but uh, Joe Burrow, I thought did what he could to try to make that game happen. He did have one interception and it was a very bonehead play. He tried to shuffle it off to uh, his running back with a linebacker standing right in between him. Not exactly the greatest play, but, Otherwise, uh, with that offensive line only getting sacked three times, I think that's a blessing. Um, and I think Joe Burrow looked, you know, semi-okay for his first NFL start. Uh, A.J. Green looked right back in midseason form. He was getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches. Um, he had a good day with the tight end, Uzoma as well. Um, but the Chargers were able to pull it out mainly because Bullock decided to shank a 31-yard field goal and an offensive pass interference, which really wasn't necessary. You're A.J. Green. Just make it happen. Um But, yeah, at the end of the day, 16-13, the final score of that game. uh, Really let down by the Cincinnati Bengals, but we'll move right along. Uh, Arizona took on San Francisco in San Francisco. uh, The San Francisco going to the NFC Championship – or actually the Super Bowl. What am I saying? They went to the Super Bowl last year, and uh, they did not pick up where they left off. They managed to lose to the Arizona Cardinals 24-20 – uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a career high in receptions at 14 with over 151 yards. That is a bad man. Uh, Jamil, we'll go ahead and get your opinion on that.
1: Yeah, um, two things were really apparent to me in this game for the Cardinals. It was DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you go out, you get your, your big-time off-season acquisition, you give him an extension, you go out and you give him target on target on target on target. Um, this team, they, they're going to they're gonna feed him the ball this season. They're going to throw the ball a lot. I don't even think they ran the ball in their first three or four possessions at all. Um, they, were, they were throwing the ball a lot. They're going to get the ball down to Hopkins a lot. And um, I think that's what they're going to do this year if you're on offense. And for the Niners, um, it's very apparent you need to get healthy at receiver. Um, they had none of their top receivers playing. Um, Debo Samuel was out. Brandon Ayuk was out. Um, George Kittle got hurt. And um, you can tell that, you know, obviously they want to run the ball first, but they, they need their receivers back if they want to be competitive. If they want to get back to being one of the best teams in the NFC and they want to get back to the Super Bowl. Jimmy D's going to have to throw and you're going to have to get your guys back.
0: My fantasy team hated this game with Kenyon Drake as well as George Kittle getting hurt. Uh, But, yes, Arizona able to sneak out the win in that one, 24-20. Moving on to uh, Dallas Cowboys taking on – Shut up. Shut up. Dallas Cowboys taking on the Rams. And the story is not Jared Goff because he sucked – just like always, it was Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown with a career high of 79 yards rushing, as well as two touchdowns, uh, managing to pull it out for the Rams. Uh, the defense played very well. I think both defensive played very well in that game. Final score: 17 to 20 in favor of the Rams. Uh, we'll go over to you, Matt, because while we were talking, you managed to change your opinion from the Rams to the Cowboys. Uh, we'll see in week two in the video Let's where start you the stand. Rams in the <laughs> hall. No, God, don't ever stick with golf. But we'll get your opinion on that game. Uh, let's see. Uh, what, what do you think about that
2: one? Well, it is, it's one of the biggest mistakes I made because I would have I would have been up by a few more games in the pick them. But, yeah, I mean, you can't necessarily fault me for picking Dallas. Based on the te- kind of team they have, you kind of expect them to win these games. Uh, Dak Prescott wasn't bad. Uh, one touchdown, no interceptions, threw for 266 yards. Um, Ezekiel had 96 yards on 22 attempts. I kind of expect more from him, averaging only 4.4 yards per carry. You know, you kind of expect more. Amari Cooper had a good game, 81 receiving yards. Um, Not sure where things went wrong. I didn't didn't get as good of a look uh, at this game as you two might have. But uh, honestly, I'm pretty disappointed in the Cowboys. Disappointed myself for switching my pick. And uh, I just hope both teams can play a bit better next week. Matt, let me tell you what happened. Jader
1: Goff took his team to the promised land. Matt, the Will Pulse is not going to be happy about it. No, honestly, the Cowboys, honestly, they had a chance to win the game in the end. They got called for offensive pass interference that honestly probably wasn't pass interference, but Jalen Ramsey sold it like an NBA player would sell the flop, and they called offensive P.I. and Gallup and essentially ended the game.
0: It, it was the most flop I've ever seen, but it was just enough for the ref to call it. Uh, and screw you, Jared Goff, 275 in an interception, no touchdown. He didn't do
1: shit. Um, but hey. yeah, I thought he played pretty decent, aside from the pick. He let his team down to the goal line several times. They just ran the ball in. They, they were dicing up that the the Cowboys secondary, which is the reason why I said they would win.
0: we'll we'll, we'll get to Jared Goff in the next episode, but – Uh, Moving on to uh, the the night games, going on to Pittsburgh at the New York Giants, and that game went damn near about is exactly as we all envisioned it. 26-16 in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the, the one thing that, there's actually two things that really stood out and they both had to deal with running backs. Uh, we'll, we'll start in favor with the Pittsburgh Steelers because uh, James Conner got hurt, but that was our prediction of win. Uh, James Conner gets hurt and uh, Benny Snell Jr. hops in, takes 19 carries for 113 yards. He looked very well. Um, I think he's gonna do a good job of trying to fill in. I'm not sure exactly the times table on James Conner. Um, But Benny Snell looked awesome. I I think it'll be a nice running back, and I think the transition will be pretty seamless going over to him. Uh, But the way bigger story, uh, the Pittsburgh defense, we knew they were good. We didn't know how good. This is how good. Saquon Barkley, arguably the second-best running back in the league, some would even say the number one, 15 carries for six yards. That's gross. That is absolutely disgusting. Sure, he got 60 yards receiving, but we all know that he's going to get his yards some way or another. 6 yards rushing uh Jamil, that is disgusting.
1: Yeah, that was um that was crazy, you know, you're watching the game of the game. It was like he had five rushes for like negative 5 yards. Like all right, the Steelers defense is here. Like we knew they were here, but they were here, you know, they were they're playing the game. Um they were really dominating and yeah, um like I I said about James Carr we don't know how long he's hurt, but um if he's hurt for a while, you know, let's see what Benny Snell's to offer, you know, there was a lot of reports coming out of the season that he lost weight, you know, you hear that a lot. Players are losing weight. They're in the best shape of their life. But on um, Benny look looked a lot more explosive. So um we'll see what he can do. But um if Connor's out for a long time, I'd be interested to see if they give Anthony McFarlane a look out of Maryland, a rookie. Um Barry was explosive at Maryland, so we'll see if they can give him a look this season. But um with Ben being with Big Ben back, um their offense looked a lot better. Him and Juju connected twice, so Juju's looking to have a bounce back season of his own. And Big Ben's looking to compete with Cam Newton for that comeback player of the year.
0: Definitely a great game from the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially on the defensive front, they looked very well out there in New York. Uh, finally, the final game, the Monday night game, uh, going to the Titans at Broncos. Oh, wait, there was two Monday night games, wasn't there? They were both the Steelers Monday game night games. Game.
1: Steelers-Giants was the first Monday.
0: Yeah, okay, there was two. Okay, so the second Monday night game, uh, going with the Tennessee Titans taking on the Denver Broncos in Denver. And <laughs> the, the fact that the special teams is the story in this game – is uh, shocking for me. I thought this would be a pretty big offensive game between Derrick Henry and then uh, all the new wide receivers in Denver with Drew Locke. I thought this would be a little bit more of a high-scoring game, but I was very let down on that end. Both defenses have played very well, uh, but the story was Steven Gotzkowski, he looked absolutely terrible. Uh, he went one for two on extra points and he went one for four on field goals. Uh, missing three within the 40-yard mark, or three past the 40-yard mark, but uh, I want to say it was 42, 45, and 47. It was something similar to that, um, but the one field goal he managed to hit was a 25-yard chip shot to win the game. Final score 16-14, and uh, yeah, it just both offenses look pretty stagnant. I know Matt was very happy. We were on a, a PlayStation game chat whenever the Tennessee Titans, as he was the only person to pick the Titans, uh, took went ahead and stole that game. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, both teams offensively looked pretty stagnant. Uh, both, I think, Derrick Henry was probably the only player who had a somewhat decent game between both offenses. Um, well, actually, Melvin Gordon looked pretty pretty good as well, coming in and uh, stepping in for Philip Lindsay after I want to say Philip Lindsay got hurt. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, I mean, a, a, a very how you say vanilla game I, I mean it was there wasn't really anything too too exciting about it nothing really too over the top but matt go ahead
2: i want to talk about this game so much just just because what we've talked about in the past one i'm glad i picked it because i am very confident in the titans too ryan tannell had a pretty good game 29 for 43 isn't like super neither is the 249 yards but two touchdowns no turnovers i'll take what i can get derrick henry 31 attempts is a lot only 116 yards but it is one of the it, it is one of the highest uh rushing yards that a running back had in week one uh hopefully we can get that average up soon Corey Davis he, he led in receiving I'm I'm very happy with Corey Davis seven receptions 101 yards no touchdowns unfortunately um that went to Jonu Smith and McCole Pruitt um which is fine, but yeah, I'm very happy to call uh, Corey Davis, especially since you said he wasn't going to do anything. Uh, That's a good game in my book, especially since the second uh, highest receiving guy, Adam Humphreys had 47. Um, I do also believe in the Broncos. Hopefully their offense comes next game. Jerry Judy didn't have a terrible debut, uh, but it it is something to build off of. Um, Melvin Gordon is still Melvin Gordon. I I think one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, He definitely needs to settle in to uh, to Denver and once he does he will be even better than he was in uh, San Diego before Uh, but yeah I'm very happy with the result of this game and I can't wait to see what Tennessee does moving forward
0: I literally only needed six points from AJ Brown and he screwed me but uh, thanks Corey Davis for stealing all my fantasy points you're a dick Um, but after that yeah that that brings us to the end of the week one uh, all the games in NFL for week one uh, at the end of the day, we're looking at Matt leading the league and or I should lead in the league, uh, leading the show in the pick'em. I want to say he went uh, nine and seven Jamil and RJ ended up tied at eight and eight. And then I'm bringing up the rear at seven and nine. I got a little too bold in week one. Uh, but we're looking to bounce back next week. And, uh, the next video coming out after this one will be our week two prediction. So you'll see exactly where we're at for that one. But, uh, until then, any closing thoughts, boys on week one, I'm ready for week two. Amen. It's a, hopefully, my team's dropping to two and oh, or dropping to two and we're improving to two and oh. Hopefully, you guys can pull out a win uh, against the Carolina Panthers, but we'll get to that in the next episode. So uh, until next time, I'm Will Polson. and I've been here with Matt Perry and Jamil King. This is GMs for Hire, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.